0: Welcome to the Mediate.com
1: podcast with Veronica Kramer. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about the roadmap to professional development, and I'm so excited for today's guest, Susan Guthrie. So here's a little bit of information about Susan. Susan is the co-founder of the Mawson Guthrie Academy for Mediation and Collaborative Professionals, which offers extensive mediation training. She's a top family law attorney and mediator in the United States and a world-renowned expert in online mediation, having trained almost 20,000 professionals in online mediation. And she's got some podcasts. So Susan is the creator and host of the Divorce and Beyond podcast and the Learn to Mediate online podcast, which I checked out uh, a few episodes not too long ago. It's a great podcast. If you aren't already subscribed, you definitely should be. And so with that, I want to welcome Susan Guthrie. Susan, hey, welcome to the show and thanks for being here.
0: Oh, Veronica, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you.
1: Yeah, this is great. And so I'm so excited for today's episode to talk about, you know, the road, the roadmap to professional development, you know, Susan, I'm sure you and I could talk for hours about just the the benefits and burdens of being a mediator, right? I mean... Mediation is this unique profession. I think I've shared before on other episodes. I mean, before I became a mediator, I practiced law for a little bit. And, you know, as I compare my experience practicing law versus, you know, being a mediator, I mean, in my in practicing law, there was this well worn path of how to advance from, you know, one stage of your career to the next. And one thing that I've found in mediation is it's just harder to come by that. And so, you know, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I know that you've done a survey in terms of what mediators need as it relates to professional development. So I thought I'd kick things off with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that survey?
0: Sure, Um, and actually it's two separate surveys at this point. We've done another one because we were so interested in the results of the first survey. So the first one was my own survey that I did with a colleague. um, Her name's Dr. Deborah Dupree. She's a psychologist who's also a well-known mediator. And we did that survey of um, mediation professionals, mostly the list of people who had taken my course, which is pretty extensive. And then through the American Bar Association dispute resolution section, we, we took that original survey and expanded upon it because, The outcome from the first survey was very, very clear. Mediators wanted two things. They wanted more access to training on online mediation so that they could learn how to do it and learn how to do it better. And then just resoundingly, they wanted to have more practice development resources. It was, it was like so far off the chart that we decided we needed to know more about what they meant by practice development. So that was the ABA-DR section survey. And you know the two main takeaways from the practice development survey that we did was that people want access to mentorship and opportunities to network And they also want something that I call get in the room. They want to get in the mediation room with uh, advanced practitioners or experienced practitioners so that they can see what a mediation looks like, because it's almost like behind a, you know, a curtain, what actually happens in the room.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and that makes total sense. And you know, as you were sharing you know, the three things that uh, mediators are looking for—the mentorship, networking, you know, getting in the room—I mean, I feel like you've read my mind, right? Yeah, <laughs> because. I mean, I think that's the biggest challenge in terms of advancing from, you know, a more beginning level mediator where you can, you can go to those trainings and you can do role plays, but then typically, you know, the, the people who are participating in the role plays are fellow mediators, right? And that's a different experience having fellow mediators playing the roles of participants versus actual real life participants. And um, yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. And so, you know, can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, I know, you know, especially with um, the mentorship. I mean, it it is hard to come across that, um, you know, as compared to other professions. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things I would say is, you know, we're trying to listen to what people are looking for, what practitioners are looking for, because one of the other things I think we're all seeing is that as a result of COVID, we do have an influx of practitioners into the profession, so many people who may have been full on litigators, or in other areas of practice um, during COVID, when courts weren't open, etc., or just with the advancement of dispute resolution, we are seeing more and more professionals move into the the practice. So. Everybody seems to be looking for those opportunities to, I'll call it, pick the brain of seasoned practitioners to meet other people who do what we want to do so that we can learn more, but in that more informal setting. So, you know, one of the things I can say in the uh, DR section, in the ABA DR section, what we've done is we're trying to start events and, um, you know, opportunities for newer members and newer practitioners to meet up in what I call mentorship light settings, where we set up one in two hour type group set uh, meetings where we have experienced practitioners and we invite all new practitioners, and it's just a go ahead, ask those questions, find out how other people got started or what they did, and those have been incredibly popular. Um, we also, through the Academy, Woody and I do something called Ask Woody and Susan Anything, uh, and I know Mediate.com is just starting something with Claire Fowler, Colin Rule, and uh, Jim Malamed as well, where they're doing a monthly meetup that's sort of that ask us anything. Love it, because what better opportunity to, you know, jot down your questions and then pop onto a screen and be able to ask you know these these really well versed um, trainers and practitioners. The questions that you might have, we don't get those opportunities all that often, especially now that most of us are practicing online.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and the other unique thing about mediation too is, you know, unlike other professions where you might see groups of mediators working together, and then you have sort of that built in mentorship because you're all working together, right? Versus mediators. It's a, it's a lot of solopreneurs, right? I mean, you don't see a lot of big groups of mediators working together where that would naturally happen. So, I mean, yeah, I could really see that as a huge benefit. And, you know, that sort of reminds me the way that, that you all are, are forming these different groups. It sort of reminds me of almost like a reflective practice group, right?
0: Absolutely, and, and I mean, I can't speak more highly of reflect, reflective practice groups as well. Um, Michael Lang um, does a free uh, reflective practice group through the ABA DR section that anybody can join in on. I mean, what an amazing resource. Um, I've learned some of my you know best insights and skills in that, I'll call it room, of course it's done online, but um, in that mediation room or in that, that group room, I think the bottom line of all of this is the key to success in mediation. And it, this has been true for me, and this is what I have heard through the surveys that we've done and in, through all my leadership roles in a, in a variety of different organizations is, it is your community that supports you in becoming successful as a mediator. Because as you so correctly point out, many of us, the vast majority, I believe are solopreneurs. We are, and now we're working out of our homes. Um, We never even leave. So we don't have that opportunity to mix mingle and get to know people. And so it's the joining the organization's Uh, joining mediate.com, getting involved in your training group, that is where you're going to find that support and that mentorship and often those opportunities to get in the room.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, as our listeners are thinking about how to go about doing this? I mean, you've mentioned a couple different options. You've mentioned, you know, mediate.com. Uh, you've mentioned your academy, the ABA. There, there's different organizations that have different options in terms of doing this ongoing training, mentoring, networking, and whatnot. Um, I mean, how is it that folks go about, I guess, assembling their group i mean are, if you are a new mediator you know who what sort of group should you be looking to join should you be looking to join a group of mediators who've maybe been doing it for 5 years 10 years 20 years um, you know so many cases under the belt a certain practice area kind of what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah i think that is very individual to the practitioners but i would say that a practice group that has uh, people who have a variety of different backgrounds is actually the most helpful. I have to tell you, I lead um, through Most and Guthrie a variety of practice groups. and I learn just as much from all of the participants, whether they are brand new practitioners to, you know, practitioners with even more years in the practice than I, as i do, as I'm able to give them. I mean, it is truly, that is the beauty, especially if you can find, A small group, you know, our groups are limited to 12 people, and in that environment, there's just such an amazing sharing of support and information that it really helps to have that variety, I think.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And so to switch gears a little bit, you know, I know another aspect of professional development is just kind of skill capacity. And I know that you are the expert on online mediation. And I wanted to have you touch on that a little bit. Um, can you share a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's online mediation. I think it's, it's interesting because I started mediating online six or seven years ago And at that time, I was like, hey, this is great. Why aren't we all doing this? And, you know, I had a few colleagues who thought, oh, you know, what a cute idea. Why don't you show me how you did it? But it was more a pat on the head. And of course, we're never going to do that, you know, really, because what we do is in a room. Now, of course, everybody in the practice has at least the majority of people have transitioned to at least offering services. Online, even if they've gone back to in person or doing both. Um, but what's been very interesting is that I have seen, although there was a huge rush to get trained in online skills at the beginning, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, I, I've trained at this point, I think over 20,000 professionals on how to practice online. But that was sort of the basics. And one of the benefits of this mad dash to online practice has been that we have a wealth of information and experience now that informs our practice so that we can up our skill level and do what we do, but do it even better. And in addition, technology and technology providers and innovators have rushed to this area to provide us with even more and more uh, technology aids and assistance so that we can do what we do online, even better, or as we go forward into that hybrid world, do what we do in person and online, even better. So it's one of those things, much like our basic skills of mediation, um, that we always need to be refining and adding to them, and we're never really done learning. Online is the same thing. Um, It's not just a matter of mastering Zoom um, or learning how to share our screen. There's so much more that we've learned about how to be effective online, and there are so many more tools available to us. So the one thing I'm just always urging uh, colleagues to consider is to always be open-minded to learning new ways to do things, always be open-minded to adding to your skill set, whether it be your mediation skills or your online skills.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, the the thought that I have been having throughout this episode that I thought I would share is, is really just, I've noticed as a mediator, the importance of having that mindset of, you know, like you said, not only a continuous improvement mindset, but also just having that um, proactive, self-directed mindset, right? Because, because, you know, mediation is of a more unique field and because of the different aspects we've mentioned, how you, you don't see mediators practicing together, there isn't a well-worn path. I mean, it does really require you to take ownership of your own professional development, right? Because, I mean, you know, no one else is going to do it for you <laughs> and there isn't that well-worn path. So no.
0: You're a hundred percent correct with that. And you've actually summed it up better than I did. I mean, this is truly one of those cases where, in order to do what we do in the best way that we can, we need to be constantly adding to our skill set looking for new opportunities to learn and to share what we've learned um, i always say you know we all have something that we know that we can share to help our colleagues and that's one of the things that i've really learned from becoming a trainer which is really within the last 2 years prior to that i was a practitioner alone now i'm a you know trainer practitioner or practitioner trainer i'm not sure which that is but when i'm in a training I'm learning the entire time that I'm also sharing, as well as building community. You know, we, we go into our trainings, I was just in one yesterday, um, that we did with Bill Eddy for the mediation, uh, for the Most and Guthrie Academy. And when I turn on my screen and I see familiar faces of people who have taken other trainings or who were in one of my groups, it's like a family getting back together. And frankly, then when I need to refer a case or bring in another professional or am thinking of something innovative or different that I heard from one of our participants, it gives you know it, it gives me that opportunity to reach out to them to engage them to send the case to them to bring them into my cases so it it really is that gift that keeps on giving and you know it's the antidote to the complacency i think that we can start to feel well i've mastered zoom well i know how to do a mediation i've been doing them for years what more do i have to learn and i would just always say not only do we have more to learn there's so many benefits that come from that beyond just adding to our skill set that you know one of our participants recently wrote a blog for us called confessions of a training junkie and i loved it because he's he was actually he took our 40 hour training and that was his fourth one and he was he's already now signed up for a couple more trainings and he's like I, I take 40 hour trainings like they're water because I learn new things and exciting things in every single one. And I expand my network of colleagues and friends.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, so one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, as we're talking about professional development, I was wondering if you might be able to share, you know, as you think back and you sort of already mentioned this with your training, but. You know, as a mediator, what's been the most impactful for you in terms of professional development as a mediator?
0: Yeah, that's such an easy question to answer. It has been, the, <laughs> it, it truly is, because, I, and, and I can give concrete examples of this. It has been the communities, it has been the mediation organizations that I have joined. Um, when I was in Connecticut and was a divorce litigator and just could not take it anymore, but didn't know how to change into a more mediative practice. I joined the Connecticut Coalition of Collaborative Practice and Mediation. And that was the community that supported me in in becoming a mediator in Connecticut. Then I moved to California where I knew no one, no one knew me. I joined the Southern California Mediation Association, exactly the same thing within a very short period of time. I had a community that was supporting me in both learning you know, how to be a mediator in California, getting me set up and then moving to Chicago, which I am where I am right now and becoming involved in the ABA DR section. Uh, Same exact thing. It's been what has supported me in continuing my practice and continuing my professional development has given me just constant opportunities to do that. And, and very honestly, lifelong friends and, and colleagues. Um, the people that I'm happy and excited to be turning on my screen each day to see, or when I'm lucky enough, hopefully, to travel again to be actually, you know, give a hug to in person, um, have all been my mediation community. I always say, mediators are the best people. Um, if you want a mediation practice, Find your mediators. Join your mediators somewhere. Find your community because that is how you can. That's truly the key to a, uh, building a practice.
1: Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, you know, and, and that's a that's a really great point to to highlight because you know, even though many of us mediators are solopreneurs. You don't have to go at it alone. And that's what I love about community that, you know, if you've got a question about something, you've got some thorny practice issue. If you've got that community, then you can send a quick email or text to someone or you can pick up the phone or hop on a Zoom call or whatever the case may be and talk through something. Or, you know, the other thing I think about too is as mediators, I mean, you know, what are we doing? We're talking to people in conflict. Like the saying that I always share with, you know, friends of mine who are not mediators is, you know, listen, no one's coming to talk to me to tell me about the latest, greatest vacation they just went on. (laughs) Um, This is hard stuff. And I mean, it's nice to have that camaraderie with fellow mediators because, They just get it, right? They just get it.
0: They absolutely do. And you know, in a, it, it's a high-stress job. People, I remember, I, I said this when I went from litigation to mediation. I'm like, oh, the kinder, gentler way to get divorced. Well, whoever thought putting two people who are getting divorced in the same room and making them talk about it was going to be kinder and gentler? Uh, it, you know, clearly, I was disabused of that notion quickly. Um, if anything, and this is something we hear in our 40-hour training all the time oh my God, this is really hard. And it is really hard. It's exhausting if you're doing it well and you're helping people. And so that ability to recharge and connect and share, um, as you mentioned, when you have that difficult case um, or that high conflict situation where you really are just at your wits end of what you're going to do, um, imagine having a group of professionals that you can go to and and just bring it to the table and say, anybody have any ideas and you're not alone. So the other tip I would say is it's not just joining these communities, it's becoming involved in the community, taking those opportunities to, you know, go to the meetings, whether, you know, these days, almost everything's online. It's not that difficult, but make sure you actually take advantage of the opportunities that you're given through whatever you do join, um, because that's where you're going to have those, those, you know, that minute to talk to Bill or Betty and get to know them. Um, I can't tell you how my network, my, you know, electronic Rolodex, so to speak, has expanded um, just from the opportunity to sit and chat online with, with my colleagues.
1: Oh yeah. And the other thing is, you know, along all of this, I I think with mediation, especially um, it's the difference between doing the same thing over and over for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years versus actually developing additional skills right like if you're yes. if you're not out there seeking training opportunities if you're not out there seeking mentorship opportunities networking with others doing all these things that we've been talking about in this episode i mean you could very well get you know 10 15 however many years into your mediation career and still essentially look and be doing the same things that you were doing as a new mediator. Like that's the one thing I've discovered is if you actually want to advance and become a more advanced practitioner, these are the things you've got to be doing so that, like you mentioned, you can be put in contact with the, you know, people, places, um, clients that will help you actually advance your own mediation skills as well.
0: You know, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly because, you know, every day, as I've mentioned, I go through these trainings where I'm the, one of the, the trainers, and yet I'm constantly learning new things. And I, it's not, I'm not a newbie at this. I've been mediating for a good long time. I've litigated for 26 years before that. Uh, I I thought I knew quite a bit. And I hear this from people who take our advanced trainings all the time, or even advanced, mediators who take our 40 hour again, who are like, wow, I, I thought I was way beyond this, but there's always, always, always something new that we can learn. Um, you know, that's for me, one of the blessings of my current life is being partnered with someone like Woody Mostyn, who has been not only mediating for 40 plus years, but training for 30 plus years I mean, every time he opens up his mouth, there's a new idea that I I hear that something had never occurred to me that you could try to do something this way or that way. And in just the two years I've been training with him, my practice has advanced exponentially uh, through osmosis and learning, I would say. And so when you have those opportunities, why not grab them? I guarantee you anything that you do to advance your skills is going to help you build your practice.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Susan, this has been so much fun, first of all, and such a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast.
0: Oh, I I could talk to you all day. This has been great fun, a good way to start my day.
1: Very cool, very cool. Well, hey, so how can others connect with you if they wanna learn more?
0: So the best way would be through the website, which is Um, I do wanna mention Woody and I have um, a brand new podcast of our own that's going to come out soon. And we you'll you will recognize the name because we called it In the Mediation Room with Woody and Susan, um, because we know how many people want to get into that room. So we're going to be sharing tips and insights um, on mediating and bringing in a lot of our friends and uh, colleagues from many different areas. So I encourage people to look for that. If you sign up for the newsletter uh, at Most Dot com you'll you'll find out when it launches it should be soon and any I'm, I encourage anyone to reach out to me at susan at mosttinguthrie.com um, I have an advanced uh, online mediation course coming up in January and um, I'm always here to help practitioners it's one of the things that I believe in very very strongly is that the more we support each other the better we all do as a profession so please feel free to reach out to me.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And I'm excited to check out your new podcast. That's exciting. No,
0: I can't wait for it to come out. We've we've just taped the intro episode and uh, I just asked Colin and Claire to be on it. So I'm very excited because they, they will. I haven't had a chance to ask Jim, but um, I will be. And uh, we sh- it should be a really wonderful opportunity much as this podcast is to, to help our colleagues and friends to grow our community and to learn from each other. So um, I, I encourage everyone, you know, who's listening here to listen to that. And obviously keep listening here.
1: Absolutely. Very cool. And I'm excited to go check that out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eye out for that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, Hey friends, this wraps up another great episode of the mediate.com podcast. We'll talk to you next time.
0: This podcast was brought to you by mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.